Hello, this is Reviewing History, your historical movie comedy podcast. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert, and I'm here with my co-hosts... Stephen Medagliaco. And Ancolati. Hi, guys. So last episode, we touched on Gladiator, and there is a very important historical detail we got wrong in Gladiator I want to address right away. Okay. We didn't get it wrong. Well, we didn't get it wrong, but new information has come to the surface. Mm. Uh, it turns out that when a male giraffe is looking to impregnate a female, he gets her to piss in his face. The male tastes the urine so it can detect hormones that confirm if she is ovulating. I think we should all try that. Well, my <laughs> wife is trying to have a baby, so when I get home, I think I'm going to uh. go, hey, Allie, piss in my face. Let's uh, see. Now you're talking. Yeah. Let's see if it's baby time. And you're a film guy. You could record that and sell it. <laughs> oh, now we're- I'm always thinking about finances. Yeah, Aaron. financing. <laughs> so uh, this is the second- <laughs> We need a way to pay for the show. <laughs> New information. <laughs> <laughs> That was important shit. <laughs> um, so we're coming to you live from the Tell em Steve Dave No, we're town. not. Well, we're not live, we're not but live. we are coming to you from the Tell em Steve Dave Town General Store where we are recording. Big thanks to the guys, Walt Flanagan and Get Him Steve Dave, along with Brian Johnson and Q for letting us record in their space. It's highly appreciated. They've been wonderful. It's a fantastic spot. Come visit them in uh, Hazlitt, New Jersey. I uh, want to give our proper thanks to them. So the movie we are watching today was actually Anthony's pick. Yes. And he picked the Charlton Heston movie Khartoum. Oh, my beloveds. What did you think of this movie? Well, when you, <laughs> when you told me to watch Khartoum, mm -hmm. uh, you both pronounced it Khartoum. <laughs> I definitely did not. And I got very confused about what I had to neither, watch. Neither of you have seen this before? I had not never seen it before. No. I've seen this at least twice. This is my third time, I think. I love this movie. I think it's really? great. Yeah. So Steve thought we were going to watch a movie about like, I Walt would Disney? Legit <laughs> thought. Cartoon. I swear. I was like, oh, we're watching a, a weird documentary thing about cartoons. Yeah. And I, That sounds fun. And then when I searched it, <laughs> when I searched it, it didn't exist. No. And I was like, huh. Let me search for movies about history that are like cartoon. <laughs> and I just said that in like a Google voice thing. Why didn't you just ask us? Because I don't like you. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, it was one of those things where it's like, <laughs> it was like two in the morning when I had mm. to watch this. And I'm like, all right, let me just. You should have Google called. <laughs> like called Anthony funny, in a yes. panic. I, I don't know the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of time. <laughs> time. There's never any time. I'm so excited. So you could you could uh, imagine the, the surprise in my face when I saw that the. The artwork for the movie. I'm mm. like, what, what the hell am I looking at? <laughs> so, when do we address the uh, big dated element about right this? off the bat? Right off the bat, <laughs> this has the most blackface. <laughs> <laughs> this has the most blackface I've ever seen in a movie. Yes, you know, yes. like Lawrence Olivier as the Mahdi. <laughs> He's great. My beloveds. Oh, my oh, beloveds. My beloveds. <laughs> He's great in the movie. He is the expected one. But. There's so much blackface. Yes. Every, like... <laughs> no need for it. No. Completely unnecessary. It's like, it, I think the movie's 1966, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, Sidney Poitier is a big star. Yeah. Like, I think... Has has Yohora kissed Kirk yet? Has that happened? Yeah. Like, the there's no reason to not cast a black actor. No. Right? But no, they had to have Laurence Olivier. <laughs> and I get, I, I get he's a big star. Yeah. It wasn't even just black. It was... Caked on blackface. Yeah. It was really yeah. like, honestly, whoa. and I'm not trying to be political. 
the blackface legit reminded me of Justin Trudeau in the pictures. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not, this isn't like us being like, you know, fuck Trudeau or and anything. It wasn't like, just that's him. what the images look like. There were so many of them. There were so many yeah. blackfaces. Completely unnecessary. And on top of that, there were black actors in it. So yeah. why are we putting people in blackface? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you were withholding. Like, one right. of the main characters is black. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you think that's a little leftover from um, Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, I think this movie wants to be Lawrence of Arabia badly. It does. Yeah. And it wants to be epic without earning the epicness, almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like, there's no reason for this movie to start off with an overture. No, and be there's no reason for an intermission. <laughs> it's not that long. No, the mo it's a, it's a two-hour movie. It's doing those things to be Lawrence of Arabia. To be, it's like no. how are we an epic 1960s movie? Right. I know you need an intermission <laughs> an and you need an overture. And I think Heston is cast because he looks just like Charles Gordon. Perfect casting as far as visual. Right. Yeah. And we all know that Peter O'Toole is probably the best cast guy of all time. Yeah. As T.E. Lawrence. Like, yeah. he looks identical yeah. to him. <laughs> Honestly, I think you can make a case for this being right up there, because Heston is identical. Mm -hmm. Right. But he's, of course, an American faking a British <laughs> accent badly through the whole thing. So, <laughs> I just kept seeing bright eyes. <laughs> I just showed my class planet. So my film class is, like, I show them so much Heston, <laughs> like, in a row. So like, so, like, we go through the decades of film. Like, we watch Ben-Hur. We just watch Planet of the Apes and the last Heston film we watch is Soylent Green. When are you adding cartoon to the curriculum? Oh, never. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep my job. Hey, kids, here's so much blackface. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> so I didn't know, I didn't expect an overture. I, I turned the film on and 30... Did you, did you know what this was about? No, I had no idea. I know that like it looked like a Lawrence of Arabia esque mm. epic, or at least because like the 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 actual movie poster looks like that. Yeah. So the it's first much like time. thirty seconds of the overture, I'm like, okay, when's this movie starting? <laughs> Another thirty seconds passed. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I fast forward, and it's like five minutes of overture. Right. Well, you you've seen Ben Hur, and that's like fifteen minutes of overture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't expecting it. It's when you're expecting it, it's like okay, there's an overture. I I was going in blind, and when I was see, shocked. When you see the two hour runtime, mm -hmm. you're not expecting two and the and hallmarks half. of an epic movie. Yeah, right. it's two and a half hours. But that half hour is because of the overture and the intermission. I think was it two and a half? I, I thought it was like two, two hours flat. Check. I don't know. I no, I don't think it was two hours flat. I think it was two and a half. Yeah, two and a half sounds right. Yeah. Because but the, it doesn't feel long. It's a very well, because you skipped over the overture. The I don't know. I watched. I watched. I sat through everything. Me too. You sat through the whole overture. Sat through everything. Oh, you guys, I are, dead. You guys are fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted the full experience. Right. But it moves. The movie moves. It does. There's it no. Does. There's no really slow. It's parts. not dull. It's two hours and fourteen minutes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a, it's not that long. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. But yeah. I, I, what's the, oh? The, it starts with the Hicks expedition. It's no, no. The first thing in the movie is the weird travelogue opening. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where it's like it's it's like modern footage of like the area and like yes. and Egypt yes. and Egypt and talking about the Nile. It's a documentarian talking. And yes. it's like anywhere you go, you'll find questions that cannot be answered. And you're like you're like what the fuck is happening? Yes, you know I've seen that before in another Chuck Heston movie. He really? did a movie where he played like Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. And it starts off, like, I put this on, this was years and years ago, I, I, I put it on, and it started like that, 
and I wasn't ready for it. And it's like, ah, what are what are the great artists of the world? And like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not watching this, and I turned it off. <laughs> 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 Fuck this. I forgot what that was called. We should do that one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very weird to open a movie that way. Mm -hmm. Like, you couldn't do yes. that now. No. This is, like, probably the last time you could do that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I will say this. The visuals and the shots they picked, beautiful. utterly fantastic and beautiful. Yeah, the movie agreed. is gorgeous looking. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Like, say what you want about the acting, the blackface, whatever. Movie is beautiful to look at. Opening battle was fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's cool. There's so many extras. Like, oh. like, it's insane how many extras they could use. I think, uh, let, let's just give a, a quick little overview of what's happening. So, this is, kind of, I would say it's an obscure moment in history for Americans, right? Like, did you guys ever hear this story before? For Americans? Yeah, about Charles Gordon and this whole thing in the Sudan. I feel like you told it to me once. Just talking. Yeah, but I definitely, mm. like, they're not teaching this to us in school. No. No, no, no. But I, I, th I definitely think this was... It was a blip. This was a big deal in Britain, obviously, and it dictated policy at the time. And I think people knew this story well, well into like the 50s and 60s. Really? Yeah. Because. Um, but they had a connection to it. Sure. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it's not so old. It's, it's 120 not. years ago, 140 now. In the 50s, Winston Churchill wrote a book called The River War, which was about his experiences in what happened immediately after this mm -hmm. he was there he was in the nile and shit oh he was there winnie not in not this, at this like time. So he would have been dead if he was there at this point in <laughs> just skipping ahead like what after this whole event that the movie portrays goes down the british will come back to the sudan yeah. and churchill was there in the in what happened the follow the reconquest when they the get sudan. it back yeah and he, in his book, when he writes about Gordon, he's like, this is a man who needs no introduction. Everybody knows this story. You know, this is the hero of the empire. He's like a celebrity he, In his day, he's a celebrity. Yes. He's a, he's a very well-known guy. Everybody, the queen loves him. He's... And I struggle to think of someone that would be a modern equivalent to this. There maybe, isn't one. maybe like for uh, the Americans, Patton. maybe like a Patton or an Eisenhower. We don't have heroes anymore. I'm talking about... No, no, no the equivalent of that, like... Patton in uh, his Patton day. Patton yes, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. I'm that's, not obviously now we know everything no, now sucks. It's fucking but I'm talking like even like to compare Americans, you'd have to go Patton or yeah. maybe a Grant, uh, maybe William Sherman, you know, in the Civil yeah. War. Or, mm. But modern guys, you're not getting dudes like no, that. No, not these military adventurer types of the imperial age. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh the movie begins. We have the Hicks expedition, which was there's this kind of a weird situation in, in that area at the time. You have Egypt, which is on paper a colony of the Ottoman Empire. But which, controlled by the Brits. Okay, so he, uh, this is a point in time where the Ottomans are definitely falling off the map. They're, they're waning. The empire is kind of weakening. They're the sick man of Europe. This is the... Mm -hmm. When they go into World War One, which is now far off from this, they're definitely a junior player in it. And the British kind of, because they, the British have built the Suez Canal and that's vital to them and they need to look over that. So they kind of are control. Egypt is acting like an independent nation that's on paper a colony of the Ottoman Empire, but completely controlled by the British secretly, you know? And the Sudan, which is the, what we're talking about here, is a colony of Egypt. So mm -hmm. it's really fucking weird and convoluted, but we have an Egyptian army that is being led by British officers 
that have modern weapons and are going to yeah. fight tr a tribal uprising. So it turns out none of them were really in blackface. They were just confused empire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's a really cool scene. Like they're marching through this canyon. Yeah. And thousands of dudes come down screaming out of the hills and throw spears at them. In this, they completely uh, fuck them up. Yeah. yeah. Now in in this scene, I don't know if it was this scene or the next one because they actually show them traveling and like camels. And horses dying and people yeah. dying and, and like isn't it you could great? tell it was taken a, a huge toll which I loved seeing mm -hmm. because they never show the the hardship of travel in these movies at least not to that extent where it's like just people walking and just dropping dead in the desert isn't it great to see um how just that many people on screen yeah, it was made, human beings. real people. Yeah, yeah. it was very like nice to see. You just don't see that now. Well, now it's yeah. CG. Everything right. is so well, much cheaper. money. Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah. To do that. You can't beat the real thing. No. It visually is just stunning. It's stunning. It's yeah. impressive. It's stunning. And you get, you get those was old this Cecil this, B. Was this a scene where they used a light, or is that later on? Use a light? They use a sword to. To, to reflect light. Reflect light. Yeah, I think they did do that. I think that's, the that's how they signal the Yeah, the attack, right? I thought that was so cool. Yeah. It's a good way, you know, to signal a silent attack, which uh -huh. I wonder if that was a real tactic or not. Would it be surprising? Yeah, I mean, no, it would definitely not? work well. Yeah. But the Hicks expedition in real life, they were completely fucked up and destroyed. Yes. And they did lose all their arms. Yeah, and th that's 10, the key thing here. arms, right? The, the Mahdi's forces steal everything. Yeah. Mm. So I was a little confused at first, and I did do some research and got this cleared up for me. While you were watching? While I was watching. I wrote, is he a Muhammad descendant? Because he's like, I'm the second coming and yes. all this. And I was confused as to what his relation was. Right. So the, Ma the Mahdi, according to Muslims, uh, is the second coming of uh, the prophet, basically. It's like the how Romans, or Romans, how Catholics and Christians believe that... Uh, Jesus is going to come back, and Jews believe the Messiah is going to come. For Muslims, I believe that it's going to be the Mahdi. It's the yeah, that's the closest equivalent. Yes, in, you know Christianity or, or and he's all about performing miracles for his people to he's, convince them. His, according to Muslims, the Mahdi is going right. to come, and he is going to bring the entire Islamic world under his sway, and he is going to conquer the rest of the world and mm. kill all the evil. Yes, and bring about. A Muslim age of peace and prosperity mm. for the world. And that's what this man claimed to be. Yes, he claimed to be the Mahdi. The expected one. Which, like, if that's your religion and that's what you believe in, cool. Clearly, he could not have been the Mahdi because he failed. Yes. So mm -hmm. he, regardless of whether you believe in this stuff or not, he is a false prophet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I think it's fair to say without disparaging anybody's religion, sure. right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... Because yeah. so, the real story, you know, he... We know. Oh, I don't, we'll probably we'll get up later. Yeah, yeah, but but I. So I was confused at first about what. You never heard of this before. I never heard yeah. of the Mahdi, the mm -hmm. concept of it. I didn't know about it. So after I did my research on the movie, I found that to be an interesting thing. Yeah, it's fascinating yeah. stuff that, you know, this guy comes out of the desert and really fucks shit up for a little while and makes a play at taking over the world. And, <laughs> and he is not. And he is not the first Mahdi. No, there's been several people. Yes, that before to be and him. since. Yeah. Yes, but I, I think he's probably the, now, the most it, famous one. He probably was the most successful. Yeah. In this raid, now in the movie, I know they say they got about ten thousand rifles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like two million rounds of ammunition. Or two million rounds. Yeah. So they they got well armed now. Yes. But how big was the Mahdi's group? 
Exactly. Well, they managed to, in real life, eventually take over the entire Suzanne and claim it as an independent nation. So, I, you so could, they pulled it off. You could probably say, what, around this time with 10,000 rifles, maybe 100,000 people? I really don't know the numbers like, like as, actual, far as, as far as people. Like, That's probably something we Soldier-esque bodies to fight because not they they got rifles but they were fighting with spears and swords before yes. that so they weren't unarmed completely no they weren't unarmed but they, they just had, they were they completely increased their modern arms from this race so the Mahdi army grew into a sizable force of up to 10,000 that's it oh that's small <laughs> that's very tiny you're well, not keep taking, in mind they're fighting armies that have to move across a desert and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Are completely foreign to the land but you're not taking over the world with 10,000 people no but that that's the, the mentality. Whole, he his in his mind, in his mind he will yeah. enter Egypt and the entire be greeted all with the everyone. people yeah. will join him yeah. and he will pray and all and these anybody mosques, who doesn't like, join so him yes. will die and right. you know which is so funny because it's like I want to bring peace to the world mm-hmm. but I'm going to kill to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like am I am, are we so different? Right. Well, that's yeah, the theme in the it. movie yeah, is that they're, exactly. they're very similar people. Yeah. So yeah, they massacre this this modern army mm-hmm. with spears and swords and. Caught them by surprise Caught while they were they were dehydrated, tired, and, and dead. And loot everything. Everything yep. they can get their hands on, they take. They and kill them to the last man. Yes. To the last man, yeah. And fall back into the desert, and British prestige demands something must be done about it. Mm-hmm. And what that is will fall now on Gladstone's government. So we are introduced to the stuffiest room of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you look at that room, yeah. and it is the stuffiest uh, British uh, gentleman of all time. Yes. Like, like you can get a knife and like legit <laughs> slice how fucking stuffy it is. They're the most pompous dickheads in the world. They really don't pl- paint uh, Gladstone very well in this movie. No, he's complete. He's a p- complete piece yeah. of shit, right? And yeah. he's like one of the most legendary prime ministers they've ever had. You know, him and Disraeli going back and forth in the late nineteenth century. Just Gladstone being the liberal lion and. Disraeli, the conservative, and them fighting each other, and at various times, Victoria would back either one. Depending on what needs to happen. Right. He's, um, did you catch, it's the the supreme being from Time Bandits? It is. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he does not want to do anything about this. No. In real life, Gladstone saw the Mahdi uprising as a popular uprising of people that were colonized and fighting for their freedom. He wants nothing to do with this. But the rest of the government and the public demand that something be, that Hicks be avenged. Hicks is dead. Avenge Hicks. Yes. I think, I th- believe they show that in a newspaper. I'm sure they do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, avenge Hicks. Mm-hmm. And he's got his guys and they're giving him a briefing on the situation mm-hmm. that we just went through, essentially. And they, they talk about the events and what yeah. they need to do. And they decide to send in Chuck. Uh, ch- Chinese... Chinese Gordon Chinese of the Taiping Gordon. Rebellion. So to me, this is one of the biggest mistakes in the entire movie as far as filmmaking goes. Let's hear it. You're trying to do this epic movie, right? Mm-hmm. And we are introduced to Gordon through this way. Mm-hmm. But there's such a fascinating part of Gordon's history that they're leaving out mm-hmm. to build this character up that we needed to show. You know? Yeah. They talk about him as like a legend in yeah. his time, which he was. But yeah, you—it's a missed opportunity. They're—they're—they're mm-hmm. they're, 
like they could have done a cold open. Like if you do this movie now, you do a cold open showing some of that for like 15 minutes mm -hmm. and then you show the current movie. Right. Be like, it's like if you start Lawrence of Arabia where he's already in Egypt almost, you know, like you have to show the legend getting built up somewhat. Well, they, they mention it throughout the movie. They build it up in pieces. Mm -hmm. You slowly find out about his past and his his triumphs over time. I feel like the movie almost expects you to know the story. A little bit, yeah. Right? Which maybe in 1960... Maybe a, people did. Yeah. I don't but know. For, for me, going in blind, mm -hmm. I didn't know much about the, the history of it, nor the film. Right. I pieced together, okay, he has a magnificent past that he succeeded in something similar. They mentioned he succeeded in the Sudan. They mentioned other things of this nature. So it's like, okay, I get it. Now, let you me know. ask you guys something. Um, I definitely got this vibe. Like, through the whole buildup of his entrance, like them talking about him and who he is, and then when he gets on, on when he finally comes on screen, did you get a James Bond vibe from the whole thing? The briefing scene yes. is 100,000% a James Bond sequence. Uh -huh. In every, in a lot of the 60s and 70s James Bonds movie, I'm glad, I didn't want to bring it up because I thought I was crazy, mm -hmm. but <laughs> there, in every like one of the 60s and 70s James Bonds movies, not everyone, but a lot of them, there's a bunch of stuffy Brits in a room <laughs> where they're talking about the situation, M. and they're like... And there's a there's like a competition between them to who can be the stuffiest uptight Brit. <laughs> and M is there, and then he'll be like, "Get me 007. and yeah. then you know they get Bond, and the, and the movie takes place. It is exactly one of those right. scenes. Yeah. So I did not get that. Yeah. I, did, I didn't get a James Bond thing from it. Um, what we I need the best. Yeah. <laughs> what I got from it was a bunch of officials in a room. That's and I yeah, think that could be said that's for what anything. It was, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> I can see the the line where it could be crossed into James Bond S territory, but but don't you see the oh, BNS yeah, gotta, as a shaken nuts dude? Stirred? We got to we got to talk, <laughs> talk about, about the BNS. BNS. <laughs> we got to talk about the BNS. What's a BNS? Brandy and brandy soda. with soda. Ah, you drink you a didn't, BNS. You didn't want a BNS when you watched this movie. I, I was dying. Gordon Pasha, I will make you a BNS. I was dying for a BNS. <laughs> so he gets on the train and he orders. I want I want a brandy with soda. Yeah. Right off the bat, you're like, that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> brandy's not that good. I like brandy. Re regular soda's not that good. It's it's not that good. It's club soda. It's just not. It's club soda. Yeah. It, it, I, that can't taste good. But he has like six or seven of them through the whole movie. Yeah, the whole and movie. now the only thing I want is it's a BNS. A BNS. So the next <laughs> drink I order, wherever we go, is a BNS. <laughs> and I'm going to hate it. But I'm going to feel... Uh, more of a connection mm. to that character right. after having it because I'm going to realize, wow, BNSs are disgusting. So if you've never seen Cartoon, <laughs> what uh, Steve and Anthony are saying is get a nice glass of brandy, <laughs> some, some seltzer, some, yeah. some club soda, yeah. pour a glass and watch the movie and you'll feel a real connection to, to <laughs> Charles oh, Gordon. Yes, definitely. You Did know anybody what else think that BNS sounds like bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> So hot take. So <laughs> Gordon is they're trying to make him Lawrence of Arabia, right? Like it's so yeah. crystal clear. Yeah, as far this, as the yes. movie this goes. movie wants to be Lawrence of, Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia. Like the way they talk about him, mm -hmm. the way the character is portrayed as kind of like this eccentric outsider. Mm -hmm. I honestly think it's almost like Lawrence of Arabia was so successful, let's make this movie. It's like Yes. Star Wars was so successful, let's make 80s fucking sci-fi stupid action movies let's, that are trying to be Star let's Wars. Let's bring back Star Trek. Right. Yeah. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what this is. This is following in the path. Gladiator mm-hmm. was successful. Let's now do mm-hmm. fucking, you know, Alexander and like all that shit that but followed. I, I got to say, it, it didn't feel like an epic to me. It's not it an epic. It didn't feel like an epic. It wants to be short. an epic. It's too short. The arcs are just not really crazy. It wants to be an epic without doing the work necessary to be an yeah, epic. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It tries to shortcut it, and that's why they have those elements like the overture and the intermission, because on the superficial level, that's where you need to be an epic in the 1960s, mm-hmm. right. rather than earning it. You know, I agree. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It's not bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> by not, no means. It's not a bad movie, and I actually quite I enjoyed fine. it quite a bit. But it's not an epic movie, mm-hmm. no. and it wants to be. You know, right. it fails. Yes. It fails at many it's things. It's selling you a false bill of goods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you see, cartoon nineteen sixties Heston. You're thinking like, oh, Ben Hur, Lawrence of Arabia. One of He's those. known for that. One right. of those style movies, and it's not that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's more like Planet of the Apes. You know, in terms sure. of epicness. Yeah. Sure, in terms yeah. of in terms of epicness. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they want Gordon to be Lawrence. Uh, Gordon has a cute little fez on. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, but here's the plan. The plan is to send him in, yes. assess the situation, and leave. Yep. That's his mission. His mission is to, and if he has to, evacuate you know, some Whoever of the, he can. the European citizens mm-hmm. that are in the city. Yeah. Because the Mahdi is He's on gonna a rampage. He's going to kill them. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, he has a fez, and it's very cute and adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just wanted to know, what are your top five hats, guys? Top five hats. Okay. The fez is good. Fez is a good fez hat. Fez is really good. And it's not practical, though. I have actually thought about this in the past, about hats. Okay. I've always, I have, for people don't know me, which is, should be no one listening <laughs> to this, I have a gigantic head. <laughs> I look really stupid in hats. The only hats that I can kind of a fedora, off, fedora. No, I don't. Remember when you no, were wearing you, the Indiana used, Jones fedora? Yeah. I desperately want to be a hat guy. My whole life. <laughs> I think you're just buying just small hats. Just buy a hat that fits your head, bro. But when they're giant, they look stupid. So, so you're buying you, a hat that's too big and too small. You just haven't found a hat that fits your head. My hats. My hat game is weak. When I was a, when I was a when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, I used to walk around in a fisherman's cap. <laughs> Wait, like, like the one with the fish hooks on it? No hooks. I was just, it was just, just like, just, it was like, like a bucket like hat. Like I think, yeah, a like a bucket hat. hat. Yeah. I wanted that to be my thing, and that didn't work. And then I, uh, I tried to do fedoras. <laughs> I always tried to do baseball caps. Those never worked. Uh, I feel like I could probably do a cowboy hat, but I look like a psycho. Ooh, yeah, yeah right. just walking so, around. Those that don't Stan know, like, cowboy we hat. live in the Northeast of the um, United States. So. <laughs> but I think about hats a lot. <laughs> And the greatest hats in the history of mankind is connected to the Fez, the Turks. If you look at any Uh, Ottoman sultan, they wear gigantic onions on their head, Mm -hmm. and they look amazing. Brian's going to pull up some sultan pictures right now. Look up Osman and shit. That's your top pick hat. Look at that fucking hat. That's your top. You you wouldn't want to wear like a good bowler? Uh, Anything. I'm 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 an Anglophile. Like, I love the British. <laughs> and if I could pull off a bowler, I'd be a happy man. But I don't think it'll work. <laughs> English Bobby. <laughs> Would you say Fez is a top five hat? Fez is a great hat. Fez is solid. But like, I, I don't understand the utility of a Fez. Because I feel like it's just going to fall off easier than anything else. Mm. Mm. What yeah. about, like, um, Vietnamese rice paddy farmer guy? Great hats. Those are great yeah. hats. Great hats. Especially because they actually cover... Way more area in shade. <laughs> the utility of those hats are probably the best. If people in the desert ever found out about those hats, it'd be a game changer. Game changer would have been <laughs> history would have changed completely. 
I'm going to say the best hat is the one I'm wearing now. It's a baseball cap that says hat, hat. on it. Hat. It's a hat that says hat. <laughs> you know exactly what it is. It's not lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> this is upfront marketing. Unlike this movie, yeah. I love taking things at face value, and I can take that at face value and feel confident that I'm not getting something I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Wowza. All right, so. so back to the movie. He goes on the boat, and Charlton Heston... I have a fun little anecdote from real life. Oh. When Gordon went to the train station to get on the train to get mm-hmm. to the ship to go to Africa, he had no money. Mm-hmm. He was hanging out with like his friends having dinner and then just rushed to the train station. And when he got there, he didn't have enough money to buy a ticket. So like all these um, politicians and members of parliament that had met him at the station to like see him off had to like go into their pockets to pay for him. <laughs> he was a weird guy. Like he wow. he was devoutly Christian. Mm-hmm. And like he, he had like delusions of grandeur. He thought he was a fucking hero he like he knew he was a hero they use that in this film yes and he actually um like one of his little idiosyncrasies he he was very charitable to kids like he'd pick kids up off the street and he would feed them and pay them and what else no there's no gay there's a rumor that you know Uh, that right everything i've read about him like no one has ever like obviously it's in the forefront of my is he a pedophile no so everyone always says no there's no been, so there's been no says, accusations Brian says there's a rumor so hold on this mm-hmm. is this is the rumor we're in some hot tea that charles gordon was the reason he was so devout and so christian was because he was brutally struggling with his sexuality and he was really sexually attracted to young boys but he never acted on it due to his devout Christianity and he knew it was wrong and he was a gay man he was celibate he he was a gay man who was celibate who was attracted to children wow and that is on his Wikipedia that's what they say about him whether Uh, it's true or not we don't know this sounds like a modern fucking analysis of the man look but still we all know we all know anytime (laughs) anytime there's a hero they have to they have to tear him down but not only that anytime (laughs) there's a dude who's hanging out with like young children it's always questionable. It, yeah. You, you got to you got to question it a bit. I guess. You know? Yeah. Normally, normally, uh, if if you don't have a kid on the team, you don't become the football coach. Exactly. It's a uh, little weird. But yeah, he had these kids that he took care of, and as they grew up, he had a map that he would carry with him and put little flags all over the world wherever they were, like to keep track of them. Like they, he yeah. thought, he thought of them as like his kids. Huh. Yeah. Well, the, in the film, they, sh- they he has like this little girl that he picks up. And yeah, walking, she comes back a couple times, and she's like hanging out on the boat. He steals her from he from just, his parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like where's where's your parents? Doesn't matter. She's gonna chill on the boat now. Like, aren't people trying to murder you? Yeah, she's gonna chill on the boat. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so, but then he's off to Egypt, and we meet yeah. Zubar the slaver. Zubar yeah. the slaver, and, real guy. And we find out one of the things that Gordon did was he executed this dude's son. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he had been in the Sudan before and had worked very heavily to end slavery. He ended the slave trade. Yes. He's yes. an abolitionist, yes. which is why this guy obviously hates his guts. You ended mm-hmm. my trade mm-hmm. and you murdered my son. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know what he keeps saying? He says you murder. He goes, I had him executed. Mm-hmm. He, he, never, he never said, like, I murdered anyone. He's like, I had him executed. What a pompous dick thing to say to a father. <laughs> Holy shit. No wonder why that guy was like, 
reviled in some circles. Hmm. Well, yeah, he's a slaver, right. but it's still your son. Yes. Like, all you have to say is, I'm sorry for murdering your son. But instead, he's like, I didn't murder him. I had him executed. That's fucking murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the one who dropped the hammer. The people in the region actually, some of them had a certain resentment to the end of the slave trade. Like, it's... Yeah. They he wanted Zub, what was his name Zubar Zubar Zubar, Zubar to join him mm-hmm. because he was a man who was respected and yeah. and kind of loved in certain circles around that area. So like the fact that slavery was gone was not necessarily um, best popular. case scenario for him. Yeah, popular. Well, that's like here, right? Anytime you fuck with something that's established. You're going to have people that benefited from that thing mm-hmm. that are going to be pissed. Right. Yeah. You know, and like obviously slavery is a moral wrong and a blight and he did the right thing. But like we there's a history between Zubar and Gordon that we're really not privy to and we're told about it. And again, it's one of those things where it's like if you show that that moment is so much more powerful and impactful. Yeah. You it know? is a good scene. Though. It's a good scene. But like it, you could make it this, great. This isn't a uh, this isn't a film that that ever like shows the past at all. It's yeah, just it's moving too quickly. It's lin- it has no time for it. It's linear. It, this is the story. You're going to talk about things in the past, just like real life. We're not going to go back to the past. Mm-hmm. We're just going to keep moving forward. And I, I kind of liked it about that. I actually like them talking about their past. And be like, oh shit, that's fucked up. What he did. I might not have seen it because I wouldn't have seen it in real life right. anyway. And you know? uh, Zubar damns him. Mm-hmm. Yes. It tells me he wants him to die, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, yeah, did he, you write down the real line? I didn't write down the line, but he's basically like, fuck you, I hate you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. So he's getting no help from yeah. there. And he goes on the boat. Uh, he's wearing spectacular white boat shoes. By the, yeah. <laughs> His outfit changes like a hundred times throughout this movie. Yeah. Mind you, he's poor. <laughs> he's poor. Is he? So, yeah. If you remember, he says, I can only give you, I, I believe it was $6,000 uh, $6, a year. Pounds. 6,000 yeah. pounds a year. And he goes, I'm only going to need four. Yeah. But he has well, an extensive wardrobe. He, he gets <laughs> off the boat and is immediately made the governor of the Sudan yeah. by the Egyptian yeah. government. Mm-hmm. So he's got, he, yeah. <laughs> it's like, now it's your job. Yeah. Go take care of this. And the real Gordon actually gave away, like, all his money practically to yeah. charities. He's, he's that kind of like guy. He was like one of those like ultra-Christian mm-hmm. dudes who just gave everything away. Right. Almost Christ-like. Yes. Right. So now he has a problem. Because well, now that he's well, alone. He's alone. There's nobody there, and the government's like, get the hell out. Right. He just already knows. It's been, it's been expressed to him, essentially, by Gladstone that I'm not backing you up. Yeah. You're, you're going down there as like a token. Yeah. And You're there to get people out, see if it's possible to defend, but just get people out that you have no other job. And he's like, I'm going to save all of you. Right. Well, here's, here's <laughs> the, the folly of this decision to send him down there by the government. They know he's an insubordinate guy. Mm-hmm. He's his whole military history. Like he was in the Crimea, he was in the Taipei Rebellion. He been, he does whatever the fuck he wants. He does yes. the moral thing. Yes, he yeah. does by his standard though. Yeah. Yes, it's whatever he decides is the moral. Well, because here's the thing: nations well, that, yeah. sometimes have to do things immorally. Like, yes. like for the British, like to go and like conquer a place and take their resources and stuff mm-hmm. isn't a moral thing. Right. It benefits you. Like, if I hit you over the head and stole your wallet and took your cash, it sure. benefits me, but it's immoral still. Yes. You know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what the British did. Mm-hmm. And he would do things like abolitionist. And, like, he would try to be as good a dude as you could mm-hmm. in the situations mm-hmm. he was forced into. But that's why the government said they're not going to back him. 
Like, we'll but send why you there, send but him? We'll send you there to see what you can do. But realistically, if you're going to decide to go off on your own like you've done before, we're not. We have no ties. If you want a delicate matter taken care of, you're sending the complete wrong guy. I think they know that. They know that. Yeah. And they did it anyway. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted the situation to play out similar to how it did. No, there's no way. Because, no, because no, that hurt them. Because it hurt them. Really badly. Badly. For the next 15 Pre their years. Their prestige was yeah. fucked. And it's not, it's not, he's not avenged for 20 years. Mm. You know? Well, 15. Yeah. 15 years. Yeah. yeah. All right, so back to the movie. He's on the boat with the guy that his, becomes his buddy. I love their arc, and I can't remember the character's name. Yes, he starts off as like a spy. Yes. For Gladstone. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Who, and he admits it. Right. And he tells him straight out, look, look, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't yeah. think we should be going down here. This is none of our business. And I'm to report whatever you do back to the prime minister. And that's that's what they do. Like yeah. he. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he follows him around and he's essentially the voice of reason to whatever. He's not going to let him do anything dangerous or mm -hmm. he's he's Will Rikering him. <laughs> um, that was Stewart, right? Mm. Yes. Yes, Stewart. Stewart. Yes, much like Stewart from Planet of the Apes. Yes. <laughs> we three eager atoms. <laughs> <laughs> so he's given a hero our most precious cargo of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's to be the new Eve. <laughs> um, so he's given a hero's welcome with this big parade. Yes. And he says, "It's good to be home." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. And I love when he arrives in cartoon. The music know. in that yeah. scene is really good too. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I like that score that we They take a riverboat down there. Yes. And. Oh, the score that, that I wrote this. It sounds a little bit like Star Wars a bit. Not the, like, um, kind of. Not the, uh, like, da, 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 like the. Um, almost kind of like uh, the slower parts of that, where it's like. Do, 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 like the slower part, oh, a whimsical yet. Yeah, if you if you listen carefully, it's kind of similar. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I he he arrives and they treat him like he's a king, like a god almost. Yeah, like well, there are people inside. They're the all city grabbing level. him and yeah. loving him, and I don't god know. Gordon Pasha. I don't he, know if that's he like he literally says at one point, "I am not Jesus." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, w was he revered in life like like yes. that? Like yeah. people like, like ran to him like he's a he's a god. Well, like, they know him. They yeah. like they see him as a representation of the. These people are terrified the Mahdi's going to kill them. Mm. And now here comes the British, to save who they the know day. are the big powerful people. They've come to save them. Mm -hmm. So he is that. He is he's the embodiment of the empire to them. And now. He's here. He's the hero. And he's been a hero to them before he's ended the slave trade. They, right, right. Right? Some of them are probably slaves who are free. Right. Yeah. Um, and the city's filled with Europeans and shit, so they, there's there's a palpable reverence for him. And now around around this time, because the Mahdi is, you know, this Islamic powerhouse at, at, in the area, right. were they also... Like a pro-slave pro trade yes. type of so when, society at this point? When the Mahdi does win and takes over the country, one of the first things they do is reinstate the slave trade. Okay. Actually, Gordon is actually forced to put the slaves back. This isn't in the movie. Yeah. But in real life, like in order to do something. I forgot exactly why, but there's a, in order to get something done, he had to bring slavery back. He didn't have a choice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing they didn't show that in the movie. Right, it would have been, it wouldn't have fit. Yeah, 
But yeah. uh, so they arrive in the city, and the Mahdi's army is already like in the area. In fact, I think there's a scene when they're on a river and they see them. Mm-hmm. They're following yes. them mm-hmm. on the boat. Yeah, and that uh, scene's cool. And he's not far, and he meets his little little friend, right? This little servant guy. Yes, the actual black actor. Yes, yes. <laughs> one of the main one of the main characters makes him a BNS. <laughs> makes a BNS, not in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> and as like there's a weird scene where he just starts asking about the Bible. Yes. Because he told him to read the Bible while he was away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I read all this stuff and I have all these questions. Yeah. He's like, not now. Yeah, he's like, like now's not, not now. the time. Yeah. Well that that's when he says I am not Jesus. Yeah. I am not Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that character's name is Khalil. Khalil. Played yes. by Johnny Seca. Well, because he says like, Oh, when somebody hits you, you turn the other cheek and he's like but you don't turn the other cheek. When somebody hits you, you'll, you're going to hit them. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not Jesus. Jesus. Like, <laughs> stop. Like, I'm, I'm, stop it. So you're supposed to aspire to be that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm not. So yeah. if you smack me, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> um, so, okay. Gordon has a flair. Like, he's very eccentric in yes. his wardrobe. And, Definitely. like, he's very posh. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know? And uh, first order of business he wants to do is he wants to meet the Mahdi and see what kind of man he is. Well, before that. The Egyptians must stay in Khartoum, right? Did we get to that yet? I thought that was before he meets the Mahdi. Maybe I'm wrong. He needs to meet the Mahdi to see what his intentions really are, right. which is a stupid move on Gordon's well, part. Actually, I don't know if this is historically accurate. They never met accurate. in real life. They, yeah, because you wouldn't do that. They they sent letters to each mm-hmm. other. They were Makes in contact. Sense. Makes sense, but you would not walk into an enemy encampment by yourself with, with your one friend. No, for a movie, you could. You I'm, know, I'm talking like, about history. Yeah, history. You don't do that. It's crazy. It's a crazy idea. That, they would have chopped his head off right. before he even made it inside. Yes, but it happens in the movie. He goes to the camp yes. and he meets with him. And, and he they, respects him they for have it. Have a face-to-face like sit down, mm-hmm. and they see that they are of the same equally ilk. hard men mm-hmm. and devout to their beliefs. They're of the same ilk, right? And he tries to give them a. Uh, and they both respect each other. Yes. Yeah. He tries to give him a vest that the Chinese emperor gave to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I'll wear it when uh, you convert to Islam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is what happened. See, when, when Gordon got to Khartoum, he contacted the Mahdi and tried to get the Mahdi to join him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'd be happy to when you convert to Islam and the world you know, bows to me and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm getting nowhere with this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're hard in your ways, so. Yes. I'm a Roman and you're a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> so him and the Mahdi, great. the scenes with the two of them together are great. Yeah, they're really cool. It's Fantastic. two good actors. Like, they have chemistry and, like, you feel the tension and that ideological divide between the two characters is great. Lawrence Olivier doesn't ask him if it's safe. At this point, <laughs> um, at this point in the film, for me, it's when I stopped paying attention to the blackface, where it didn't matter anymore. It was like, okay. You got past it. This is good. Yeah. It wasn't funny it anymore. It wasn't funny anymore. Right. It was like, oh, the, those two playing off each other was like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is this is where it's getting good. This is the movie. This is the movie. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he goes back to town, and he realizes there's going to be a siege. Mm-hmm. So he closed... He, the Khartoum is situated on, like, as the river splits, as the Nile splits. There's the Blue Nile and the regular Nile mm-hmm. proper. And he, he, he's, he's been an engineer Well, in the here past. was the thing. Uh, Gordon refused to acknowledge that. So he was in denial. <laughs> <sighs> I'm proud of that joke. You know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of that one. That's good. That was yeah. a good one. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. All right, so the river Just derail him more. <laughs> so he opens, he digs a trench and floods 
the in-between to close, to, to surround the city with kind of a moat. Mm-hmm. So he's got the river on two sides, and then the, the third triangle is closed. Which gives them, a, a, I would say, like a week. No, it ends up giving them like a year, or a right. better part no, of a year. No, it wasn't a year, was it? I thought it was they, like... It was, think about it, they have to go back, and the, an army, a whole army comes from Britain to the Sudan in mm-hmm. the time it takes. They ha- they're there for a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's decided he's not leaving, and... Starts setting up traps. And starts setting up anti-siege shit, yeah. and he's waiting, and he sends, uh, what's his name? His guy. Stuart. 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 And Khalil, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he sends Khalil as well. Mm-hmm. He sends Stuart north on a riverboat with all the Europeans in the city. Uh, the, you're skipping ahead of it, I think, yeah. I remind so, you. Um, I've, I've watched this a few weeks ago. All right, so, at, <laughs> so first, the Egyptians must stay in Khartoum. Mm-hmm. He puts that order in. Yes. There are protests in England. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but he refuses to leave. Yes. When his orders were to leave from the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... And obviously that starts up the sentiment people want their hero mm-hmm. safe. They must support Gordon. Yes. The public is behind Gordon. The queen is behind yep. him too, which they don't show in the movie, yeah. but she's a big part of this. Like you said, when they flood the dam, mm-hmm. that is a cool miniature shot. Yeah. It's... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you pick up it was mm-hmm. miniatures? Yeah. yeah. Like, I love miniatures. I yeah. think they're so cool in filmmaking. Like, like matte paintings? When they're done right. I'm going to be honest about matte paintings. <laughs> and I'm a film guy, and I do this, and like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how they work. Like, I know the concept of them. <laughs> like, like, I'm smart enough to understand the concept. Of like, you put the painting in a certain way in relation to the frame, and it makes like an image that's like a background that's deeper. And I get it, but I don't understand it. And I think it's because I've never done it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never used a matte painting, so I think it's harder for me. To envision that almost, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I understand that how like the concept of it, sure, but it's just so abstract to me. You I, know, I find them to be great. Like they, they're cool. Yeah. They're cool yeah. as fuck. Like especially in the '90s, like pre CGI takeover, mm-hmm. they kind of perfected the use of those and miniatures together. Mm-hmm. Like I always think of Starship Troopers. Like it yeah. looks so good, even today. Yeah, I think mi- when you can use miniatures, it's great. Matte paintings are cool, too. Like, combined, it's perfect, mm-hmm. like you said. But, again, it's like matte paintings just mystify me because I've never used them. <laughs> I got to be honest. It's like one of those things I just don't get. <laughs> like, I would love, like, the opportunity to use matte paintings one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a little battle first. Oh, Yeah. Um, where they're fighting, and I love the strategy where they hide behind the rocks. Mm-hmm. They let the Mahdi forces pass over them, and then they hit them from behind. Yeah, this is really cool. He has some soldiers from the city, and they're they're trying to get food because they know it's going to be a long siege. So they're raiding the entire area and just stealing all the livestock and anything they could eat. Yep, and just to, to take it back to the city and hold up for a while. And uh, obviously, the Mahdi doesn't want this to happen. So he ends up raiding them as they move. And the battle is really cool. It, I Personally, I think this is my favorite battle in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the cool silhouette images of them fighting yeah. and all this. And they, uh, Gordon leads them to victory in this little battle where they're able to get the forces. No, he doesn't lead them to victory. In this battle? No. He, they just hold no, out. They hold out yeah. until Stuart arrives well, with reinforcements. Stu- what I'm yeah. saying is they Stuart hold out. Stuart drives them off. Mm-hmm. Well, Gordon. They were about to lose. 
Mm-hmm. They well, they were outnumbered, but yeah, badly. But it was yeah. planned in a way due to how they fought that allowed them to. Win. They did not know. They did not know that Stuart was coming back. Didn't they? Stuart like, got split? a message from a spy saying the Mahdi's going to hit the caravan that Gordon mm-hmm. is on. Okay, yes. And Stuart takes a bunch of guys and like we got to go save their asses now. They're about right. to yes. die. So this shows Gordon's inept of what is actually going on. I don't think he's. It's yeah. just Stuart. He turned Stuart. Stuart like. Started to respond. Well, Stewart has a great arc. Yeah. 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 That's true. No, but I, I think it, it shows where Gordon's mind is. Mm-hmm. He's not thinking clearly. I think he's thinking clearly. He's just, he's a zealot, you know? That is not thinking clearly. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but he, you know? he's trying to do the impossible. He's trying to do the impossible. He's yeah. trying to force the British government to yes. do what they don't want to. Right. And he's, he's taking, he, he put, a lot of lives in danger for his own glory. For his own glory. For yeah. hubris. Yeah. Sheer but. fucking hubris. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, those people would have died anyway. Right. Because when the Mahdi goes in, he's going to kill who's going to kill. And it's cool that you, you. But all the British soldiers and everybody that got killed in these raids, they would be alive if you just left. <laughs> we, we, we missed a thematic thing. What's that? He tells the Mahdi, when they meet, mm-hmm. he tells him. That he's going to be more powerful in death, essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's right about that. Yeah. yeah. But it won't come to fruition for years and years and years. And yeah, he says, who will win, your God or mine? Yeah. Yeah. They lay more, the, if you strike him down, he'll become more powerful. Yes. <laughs> they lay their cards on the table yeah. in that scene. Yeah. Right. That, like, the two scenes with them are the two most important scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. That battle happens. He sends Gordon home. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Gordon. I'm sorry. He sends Stuart home. Back to England. Back to England to... to Convince the government to help. Tell them the situation to get help. Mm -hmm. They are decimated and destroyed. Well, we don't know that. Well, we don't know that, but you do kind of get the hint because the boat is like being chased and shit. Hold on. I seem to remember Stuart making it back. No, no, no. Stuart makes it back to convince them that there is a threat and we need help. The government says, okay, we'll send this other guy. They send guy a token army. To go get you. Yeah. Kitchener. But, but they don't go all the way. It's just to get Gordon out, make sure he gets out, and right. bring him home. They're yes. not going to help the people of Khartoum. It's remove Gordon. <laughs> just get Gordon out. Mm-hmm. Stewart is like, oh, they're going to come help now. Mm-hmm. And he was tricked. They tell him, like, no, 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 we're not coming. Right. Because they get there and they start lollygagging. And that's... Uh-huh. Um, they make a they make like a, a fun little joke like historical joke. Kitchener, who is in charge of that expedition to get him out, is a giant of history in the coming mm-hmm. years. Like he's yes. the guy who will invade the Sudan, conquer it outright. He becomes the Secretary right. of War during World War One. Like he is, he mm-hmm. you know the famous World War One British poster with the guy with the mustache. Yeah. We want you. Yeah, that's Kitchener. That's yeah. Wow. Um. So everybody knows him. Kitchener's a big deal. Right. Yes. And when It's a big deal going to get another big deal. When he t- <laughs> when Stuart does make it back, he he tells Gordon, Oh, there's this guy it's Kitchener up the yeah. river, and he's like, Who's that? You know, right. that's mm-hmm. that's a little joke. But it's actually he he tells him like, Listen, like they're here, but they ain't coming. We gotta go. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, Okay, evacuate the English people, I'm staying. Yes. That's when they're getting on the boat. Right. Right. Okay. And that's when they're on the way back. They're getting fucking shot at. Yes. Cannoned. They're they're getting their asses handed to they them. They deck this riverboat out with artillery yes. and rifles, and it's like, we're going to make it up the river. 
to meet with I the army so we can get out. I love when they steal the dock. They just start yes. taking wood off the dock mm-hmm. for fuel yeah, to get away. Cool. Mm-hmm. One of my notes is Wolseley is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> he agrees with Gordon, though. He wants to get down there, but he's been ordered not to. Yes. And unlike yeah. Gordon, he is a disciplined soldier. Mm-hmm. He's not going to disobey orders. This is why you don't disobey orders. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a pro-military movie. <laughs> Good soldiers follow orders. It's it's very um, politically conservative. Yeah. This movie, mm-hmm. yeah. It, like Gordon's the hero, Gladstone's the piece of shit. You yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah, so they send the the riverboat up, and there's a there's a great little running battle. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're they're actually killing a lot of the Mahdi's guys. Yes, and they're doing well. The it just cuts. Mm-hmm. Yep. We don't see how it turns out. But you yes. can assume, I think. No, we don't, know. Know. we don't I know. know if they made it. See, I assumed. You assumed that they made it because... No, I assumed that they died. There's a there's a boat of a bunch of people coming towards them, and they hit it with a cannon, it blows up, mm-hmm. and they're like, yes! And you're like, oh, they're doing good. And, you know, they uh, leave you thinking, like, we're going to go back to that. And they never go they back never go to back. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they don't tell you yes or no, and you it's up to you to, like, to right. decide. Right. So some time passes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're starving now in Khartoum. We see a scene where mm-hmm. they find that the grain has been yes. stolen. Stolen. Yeah, yeah, they lose all then the they, food. Then they find who they like find who did this and execute them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Khalil is the key player now. Yes. He gets a letter. Well, before that, they they say they're gonna have to eat the camels. Yeah. Yeah. They kill his own pretty camel. Sad. And yeah, he camel. kills his own camel. He's like, all yeah. things must come to an end. <laughs> like he's gonna eat the camel. Badass which, line. Badass line. How do you think camel tastes? Delicious. Do you really think that? Yes. You serious? Dead serious. Have Why? you ever had camel? No, I would though. You just decided it's good. Well, cows are good. Yeah, but a horse isn't. How, How do you know? Have a horse? I hear have, you had, have you ate deer? Deer's delicious. Deer's good. I've heard horse meat is good. I've never had so it. So let's see. Cow's good. Deer's good. Horse is probably good. What do you think camel is? It's probably good. What about it's around goat? the same family. Have you had goat meat? I've had goat. Goat's good. My body's sluggish with goat, goat meat. <laughs> I've had goat, yeah. I've had lamb. I've had everything. I'm telling you, camel's probably good. If I don't know if they're edible. I don't know. You know, if you I, cook anything right, it's probably yeah. decent, right? Spices were lovely. Mm-hmm. Bring it up for Google. Yeah. See if camel's camel good. good. Can we, can we yeah. eat camel? I, I know you could eat whale. Good. You could eat whale. You could eat shark. You could eat a lot of stuff. You can eat anything. Yeah. So How does camel meat taste? To serve men. At its best, camel meat tastes much like lean beef. Boom. But Burgers. certain cuts can be tough, and if the meat comes from an old camel, it can taste gamey. Okay, that makes sense. Gamey can be good or bad. Sometimes gamey is a little bad. What does gamey even mean? I hear people say that, like, oh, this deer tastes gamey. I don't know what that means. It's hard to Do describe. You guys know what that means? It's hard to describe. I thought it meant means like chewy. That's what I interpreted as. I no, that's too. tough. Chewy is tough. I don't know. Tastes monopoly e. <laughs> <laughs> Gamey, get it? Okay. It, um, <laughs> apparently, gamey meats are more, they taste more like iron, mm-hmm. like kind of like liver. What, you're eating metal? I guess, yeah. Oh. Like, it almost tastes like liver. I don't know. Okay. All right. So, uh, anyway, they get the letter. Mm-hmm. They get the letter. And it's like, the English are coming to save us. Yes. And they start right, yelling, the right. English are coming, the English are yeah, coming. And I started happy. laughing like, <laughs> Paul Revere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's in reverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all happy about it, which yeah. is a... Uh, and at this point, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's going to win now. Right. 
You guys didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. So and, yeah. then, <laughs> and then we find out it was we all find a out, lie. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, no, before that, Gordon, because he's been under some pressure from like the the leaders of uh, Khartoum, mm-hmm. that, oh, right. that some people are getting pissed mm-hmm. and that they want to go join the Mahdi and leave. Mm-hmm. And he opens the door one time. For three hours. Leave. He's like, if you want to leave, get the fuck out. Yeah. For three hours. If you're still here after, you're here. And we don't really see who leaves and who doesn't, right? You do. You see a group of people leave. Yeah. 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 But like those guys, we don't know if they left or not. It would have been it would have been good. What do which guys? What do you mean? The guys he has the meeting with, the like city elders. Oh yeah, um, you assume they left because they wanted to leave. I assume they did too. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they weren't completely against the Mahdi. Well, it, they are. It's just they'd rather not die. You know, mm-hmm. they don't. They'll okay. The Mahdi. They, they have I, a I'll shot. I'll follow them now. Yeah. They have a shot. Right. I'll I'll apostate and I'll live. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, it's time to prepare for the battle, the siege. We get a cool scene with the, with the, the mine thing. I fucking love in any war movie, any battle scene <laughs> where like people are setting, setting traps. traps. <laughs> like maybe it's from watching Home Alone as a kid. <laughs> like, like I love Skyfall. If you're setting up traps to fight off an invasion, right. I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, I fucking love this. Yeah. That was a brilliant uh, trap. I yeah. gotta say, because I think that that probably was real. And that was say. real. Yeah. Yes, the mines were laid. Not mines, but like that. They kind of are mines. Like, it's like a bag of gunpowder gun or TNT or yes. something. Probably like uh, early shrapnel. Right, with fuses you know? set to it. And to do it, there's a, a box, and it's filled with gunpowder. When you shoot the gun inside of it, uh-huh. it lights all the fuses. Right. And you could light, I think it was 20 to a, a to box, box. To one box. So you, you just go around shooting all these guns, and it's just <laughs> launching a bunch of mines. And it's it's yeah. awesome. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the battle begins... Uh, I wrote the combat seems more real in a way because of how like crowded and messy it is as they're yeah. fighting, but it also seems more staged in a way too. I don't know, it's weird. Well, the graphics are not anything not to the brag graphics. about. I think when the, I say graphics, the I mean choreography, the, the effects of the blood of the, oh, the, like the, squids. the yeah, the killing. Yeah, it's a movie you can only do so much. No, I know. Fifty years. Yeah, right, I know. right. I think it's that's a, why it feels it's just staged. A note. Like, but I do like that the fights are kind of like sloppy in a way. Yeah, okay. the falls are kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all do the falls that are like from the twenties and thirties when there was like they flatten like a board and kind of just mm-hmm. keel over. Well, we oh. We, you forget. We find out that the uh, well, that's right now with the the, uh, yeah. the letter. The letter was a lie. It was sent by the Mahdi, mm-hmm. and he shows him uh, the ring he had given to Stuart. Well, he goes to the Mahdi, right? With Stuart's hand, and he and, pulls uh, out the heads from the jars. Yeah, right. he pulls he out his him. friend's heads and and his and his hand, and he's like, "I wrote that letter. There's nobody coming for you." Uh-huh. Yeah, we learned that the riverboat did not make it. Surrender mm-hmm. now, and he goes, "You are not a man of mercy." Mm-hmm. Like he says that to the Mahdi, and the Mahdi's like, "Why won't you just like bend? Just leave. Just leave." Yeah, he's let he's letting him. How can you let this go, go on, <laughs> Palman? Yeah, <laughs> he, he's tr- the Mahdi is trying to make this as politically expedient for him, right. As he possibly he has can. no quarrel with the British. He doesn't want to piss them off. Mm-hmm. It's it's in his best interest for right. Gordon to live. And in fact, the real Mahdi gave an order that Gordon was not supposed to die. It's in the movie too. It's in the movie, too. Yeah. But Gordon was not supposed to die, and yep. he was shot because it was dark. 
Oh, yeah? So apparently the real Gordon, right, mm-hmm. he came out blasting. Well, he got on the... Um, as one does. The, ba- the, the battle begins. They're going to break the siege. Yes. He gets up on the roof of the, in, of the governor's palace with a Gatling gun. And start blowing in real away. life. Yes, yes, that's fucking badass. And he's just mowing down guys in the street as they come over the walls, and uh, they surround the palace. They break through the gates, and game over. So he yeah. walks out in the movie uh, onto like this. Uh, he's in full uniform, and he he walks out onto this veranda, just and they look at him. At him. And they just throw a spear. Through. One guy. Yeah. One guy's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Fuck this dude. Uh, <laughs> Which I kind of respect that dude. He's yeah. like, why is no one killing this dude? <laughs> what, that, what that was was a recreation the movie did of, the of, painting. of a famous, famous painting mm-hmm. that happened yeah. after this went down, obviously, and became like this propaganda thing for the anti-Gladstone people. Like they spread this around like this is this is look what they did to, to Chuck. They right. they you know? sent they sent him to <laughs> die. To right. die yeah. <laughs> but the wow. um the the real Gordon, he comes out of that, like that tunnel where he dies on the steps and he's just shooting indiscriminately. <laughs> and because he's in the Fez they, they don't, they they don't, don't know, know who it is. It's just dark. There's a dude shooting. It's like, shoot back at him. <laughs> and they blow him away. He wasn't stabbed by a steer. He was shot. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then when they brought him to the Mahdi, the Mahdi was furious. Right. Well, the movie makes him much more. He's not. He, he doesn't shoot from the Gatling gun, right? That's no. Not in the movie. No, no. Yeah. He's just in he's, his office. He's like just he's a lamenting. Christ-like, a martyr. He's, he's lamenting. Yep. He's lamenting and he knows yep. what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his his... Follower is also his not slave Khalil. follower. Khalil. Everybody does. He's crying. Yeah. He's yeah. crying. He's like he knows this is the end for both of them. That's it. Um, and then they bring his, his body head. back, his, his head. head on a pike, yeah. which did. I don't think that happened. It did. It did happen. Yes. And the Mahdi is saying, "I told you not to do this. Bring over my he commander." He can't even look at it. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Take it away. Bring over the commander now." And he has the commander killed. In real life, if you correct me if I'm wrong. The Mahdi died shortly after. Yes. Yes. So, so he was six months. He was actually correct when he said, like the Gordon thing. If that killing Gordon actually did he did that cause his own death? How did he die? I he mean, got sick and died. Cosmically, uh, maybe, but cosmically. <laughs> yeah, that is so. That is like the thing that people right. will talk about with this. Where Martin Scorsese? Uh, did you see what he said about this movie? No. He no. said. Uh, this is one of his favorite movies to watch. Really? Despite the fact that it is not good filmmaking. <laughs> he, yeah. he said, I love the like ethereal nature of the story. And he goes, it feels like a fairy tale playing out. And I feel like it should be told again and again and again. Hmm. That's what Martin Scorsese said. And he's big into like... Um, like a lot of like the power of Christ stuff in his mm-hmm. movies, uh-huh. like especially like it's not in like Goodfellas and stuff, but a lot of them have it, like Passion of the Christ. Um, he did that movie in Japan, The Silence, yeah. which I fucking love. We're gonna end up watching that. I, I at agree. One point. I agree with Scorsese here. So like you get like, and if you think of the last shot with the Mahdi, right? Mm-hmm. He like looks up. They don't show Keston's head. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's assumed, but you see the stars, which is like obviously there's some cosmic shit, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously this is a Western movie, so they're saying that the Western way Christianity. Yeah. Is superior to right. Islam, especially they in the wins. 1960s, mm-hmm. and they win due to like the power of Jesus and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. In actuality, his head was hung from a tree outside the city, where children pelted it with camel dung for months <laughs> at a time. Really, I didn't know about the camel shit. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, question: Is that the worst shit you could be pelted with? <laughs> camel? Yeah. 
It's got to be worse shit. It might be worse. Yeah. I think human shit would be the human worst. Humans are probably yeah. worse. Because yeah. the humans, it's your it's like, it's own shit. Yeah, it's, yeah, your own it's, shit. Own it's your own shit. It's your species. And believe me, I know a thing or two about human shit. It was giving me for my birthday one year. <laughs> we'll get into it. Well, um, let's go do ahead. It now. Yeah, yeah. I brought it up. Well, go uh, ahead, Brian. So, so one year, <laughs> one year, I, uh, I shit in a box and I wrapped it up. <laughs> And I presented it to uh, Anthony for his birthday. And I was like, hey, I got your birthday present. Yeah, what year was that? I don't know. How old were you? I was going through some stuff. We were grown men. We were in our 20s. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went through a phase where I was a, little, I was a little crazy. Was it less than a decade ago? Less than 10 years? It was probably more than 10 years. But yeah. More than 10 years? Yeah, okay. it's, uh, it's one of the better gifts I've ever gotten. <laughs> you never forgot it. It's memorable. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I presented you with yeah, a box. The of image shit. of you shitting into a box <laughs> is a gift to you. It's something I think of fondly. He did it, <laughs> he did it with the intention, like this is going to be a great gift for him. <laughs> He's going to love it. He's going to love it. <laughs> he has the wrapping paper and bow ready. It's just ready. <laughs> Were now, you impressed with the wrapping job? You might as well work at Macy's. <laughs> did you Did you take it to someone to get wrapped? No, or is no. Because I, <laughs> no one can wrap my. He's shit not with crazy. Me. <laughs> <laughs> the the weird thing is, you are not the first person I gave shit I to. I know that. Yeah, you, I went a, with you to deliver the yeah, other box. Yeah. So the other box of shit was actually my dog's shit, <laughs> and I wrapped it up in a beautiful Christmas package, mm -hmm. and I left it outside someone's house on Christmas Eve, yeah. and. Uh, they brought it in and opened it in front of their family. What a lovely surprise. Amazing. Yes. Christmas miracle. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Did you write who it was from on that? No. Uh, you left I, a I think I wrote a secret admirer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they opened a now, box uh, of shit. Before before this uh this movie gets off track here, um the Mahdi in yeah. real life. Did takes, he ever give any of get, a box of shit? Ever get a, the Mahdi no, uh, died like I was you gonna said. say uh, so he died of natural causes, quote unquote. Yeah, I'm sure there's some debate about this. Right. Um, but how did Khartoum fall so out of their hands again? Here's what happened. They say it in the movie. The Mahdi dies, yes. but his government survived. So yes. he was succeeded, I believe, by his son, and the Sudan became an independent country briefly. Mm -hmm. um, they reinstated the slave trade, all that shit. Right. Uh, eventually. The, pub the public's outraged. They want vengeance for Gordon. Eventually, Gladstone's government falls. A new government comes in. I believe it's Disraeli. And they want the Sudan conquered and added to the empire. Mm -hmm. And Kitchener is the one who will lead the Battle of Obdurman. Uh, is the big battle. And they retake Khartoum. They find Gordon's remains. They give him a proper burial. They so build a statue. Gordon, in uh, real life, was kind of correct about this, where you kill me... You're gonna lose right. in the long run, and they were, they, he was right. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, wow. he was Gordon was willing to sacrifice himself for a bigger cause. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like he, they're going for that Jesus thing, mm -hmm. where I'm willing to die for the bigger cause he's, of saving everybody. As far as the theme of the movie, he's forcing yeah. the corrupt politicians to be noble. Yeah. They ha they don't have a choice. Right. Yes. You know, I'm a man of courage, and I'm willing to die for my mm -hmm. beliefs. Are you? He's right, taken right. the entire. British government hostage, essentially. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I no, that's all. That. That's um, awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that it actually ended 
with Gordon's life not being or death not being a complete it's failure. not in vain yeah. mm-hmm. um, so and of course Churchill was there for the, the recon uh, yeah I mean he's it's just Churchill like a regular too. soldier that, at that point he's a young like officer yeah. okay that's um, awesome so a couple of uh, final notes about this movie a very late 60s early 70s ending where it's like malaise and mm. death and sadness you know mm-hmm. yeah. like we're starting to get it's not as bleak as other endings that are gonna follow but it's very much in that vein where like when you watch movies from that time period you never at the end are like happy yeah especially like those mm-hmm. gritty New York movies like the French Connection French Connection and Seven Ups and, and even so- with Roy Scheider Soylent yeah. Green um, Planet of the Apes you don't yeah. feel good at the end of those movies There's no but you learn good downer lessons. endings they're downer endings, but it's just it's good the, lessons. It's the national mood at that time, and obviously yeah. we know that changes later, and you yeah, get no, happier no, no. movies. Yeah. Like if Gladiator came out in '68, Russell Crowe's getting his head cut off fighting communists at the end, mm-hmm. like and, you know, <laughs> and like that's what's happening. Mm. But um, it's it's pure one of those endings. Uh, we get the travelogue shots again at the end with the narration, uh-huh. which I like closing the movie out that way. Where like. <laughs> <laughs> Bookends. <Yeah. laughs> it's kind of, you know, I'm kind of thinking of it now. It just hit me. It's kind of like Braveheart. Where the end of Braveheart, like William Wallace mm. dies, but because of what he did, it inspires Robert the Bruce, uh-huh. and you see that final battle. They fought like warrior poets. Mm-hmm. But they show it in, you know, the last Well, scene. it also kind of reminds me of if you're watching a documentary mm. or reading a history book, right? Like yeah. you're reading these little tidbits, little tidbits, then you read this tidbit. And reading it in a book, you really don't get the same effect as seeing this play out where, where when you see this and then at the end you just do the, mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing, uh, the lenses used in the, this movie, the Panavision 70 millimeter lenses, mm-hmm. the next time they are used is Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. Wow. So these lenses... The same exact lenses? The same exact lenses on Khartoum are not used again for years and years and years. Why? The same type? It's the same exact lens. the same lenses. exact lens used the in that film. The lenses used on Khartoum Whoa, weren't used, used again until Hateful Eight. What's Be- the story there? Well, a couple of reasons. That style of filmmaking kind of goes away a bit because obviously that was really propping up a lot of cinemas at the time, those big 60s, 70 millimeter mm-hmm, epics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Panavision was being used, and for whatever reason, it went out of vogue. And they just sat in a closet. They just weren't used. People were they weren't making seventy millimeter movies. It just wasn't happening. Right. You know, and obviously Quentin isn't buying his own stuff. He's renting it from a studio. Well, they, that's just what they do. You know, seventy right. millimeter lenses are special lenses that aren't made, and like it's a film lens too. You know, mm-hmm. he's not. It's not digital. So but digital. You know, even when Khartoum ends. Digital is still 40 years well, away. Well, exactly. But I'm just saying, like, so I'm trying to think what uh, his movie before Hateful Eight, I believe, was Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Am I right about that? I believe so. No, yeah. Django. Oh, it goes Inglorious Bastards, Django, and then Hateful Eight? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. So Django is 35 millimeter. It's not like that IMAX stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think after Hateful Eight is when he really started to be like, I and want. Just nobody wanted to use these things for 40 years. Yeah, and the like the camera he used, they used those lenses, and it's. I think that's a cool little tidbit. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Yeah, and hmm. I, I believe have they, they been used since. I want to say they were used on Dunkirk. Oh, really? That but, would make sense. But do not quote me fully on that. I know they were both seventy millimeter. Mm. 
So basically, for these lenses to be used, you need someone to be shooting 70 millimeter, mm-hmm. and you need and it's just not done anymore. And you need them to be doing film, and only people like Tarantino and Nolan really have the clout or the desire to do to demand like that. that they're going to shoot on 70 millimeter. Wow, or yeah. the capability of actually getting it processed. Well, obviously, you need the money. Like, <laughs> that's, a, me that's and, insane. Look, in theory, if we had the money... It's shocking that there are still, like, editors and shit that know how to use That's what that. I'm talking about, yeah. Well, the editing is still... The editing is done digitally. So the film yeah. is processed digitally, and then it's yeah. edited digitally. Mm-hmm. They're not cutting on uh, the old Steinbecks where they clip right. Oh, they don't do that anymore? No. I always assume, like, if you're using film, there's a guy taping pieces of that, film. So this is... the cutting room floor? Yeah. So this, <laughs> no. is, this no. is one of the critiques people have with using film, uh-huh. where... It gets processed to digital anyway, and then it's edited in digital, mm-hmm. and then they... So what's the point? So then they take that digital edit, and they put it back on the film for... Because um, it's faster. For projectors. I see. It's You could pump out a movie faster with, by doing it digitally, editing digitally, than you can using cutting room floor tactics, because that is a nightmare. Let me ask you something. Yes. Does the average movie theater now have a film projector? So... Like, if it, like hatefully, it was done on film, right? Yes. When they sent that out to movie theaters. Do you did. remember? So you saw Hateful Eight with me. I had to go to Manhattan. To we had it. to go to Manhattan to see it because. It was only in select theaters. I wanted to make sure we saw it in 70 millimeter. Properly. Properly the way Tarantino intended. Uh-huh. So when I went to see it, I wanted to make sure I was getting that experience, right? Did you mm-hmm. see it after? I have not seen it since. You should, I, you should watch it again just like to, to see what the difference really so, is. I don't think you'd remember so at the, this point. The frame, mm-hmm. I know the frame is bigger in the 70 millimeter, and he put extra footage into the 70 millimeter edition that he did not put in any other edition, including the uh, Netflix like TV series version. So you can't, the scene's missing. And he never, yeah, you can't and he never put the, that version that we saw on DVD, Blu-ray, anything. Oh, wow. So only people that like us that went and saw it in the theaters mm. got that experience, oh, which wow. included the That's Eno Morty cool. Cone intermission and mm. overture. That's pretty cool. We're the cool. only people to ever see it that, you know, right. that saw it. Wow. Um, cool. And then also when Dunkirk came out, Nolan did a similar thing. And in order to see Dunkirk in the proper 70 millimeter, I had to go into Manhattan to do it. No, that I didn't do. I saw Dunkirk in a regular role. Yeah. Theater. Um, Local. One other thing. <laughs> there was a horse holocaust while they were making this movie. What? What? They had unsafe state uh, stunt procedures, and they lost hundreds of horses. No way. Yeah. Oh. The horses got brutalized <laughs> on this movie. Like, oh, like years. Like years. So when the horses were dying, they were they really were dying? dying? Oh, they were fucked up. Yeah. They can't put no animals were harmed on this film oh, at the end in the credits. It's a, it's a big, big scandal wow. that came out after the movie. Like, it completely unsafe to all the horses. Do you think oh. they ate the horse meat? I hope so. I don't want I them to so die too. in vain. <laughs> um, one, fi- one final thing. Uh, Heston disliked the movie. He Why? Not the movie. Wow. He disliked the direction. Really? Yeah. So he went to... Um, That's weird. He went to other directors to try to get them, like, to come out of retirement. Who was they, the director? They said no. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Why, why did he... Why didn't he like it? Yeah, well, yeah. Who was the director, and why? Uh, why did he have such disdain for uh, this? Because it seemed okay. The director was Basil Deirdrin, and never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Why would we? <laughs> why, why? Why are we asking this? Yeah, but, you know, like we know Cecil B. We know people from back then. Yeah, sure. Just... I don't know. I don't know who that. What that guy did. Right. <laughs> yeah, according to IMDb, Heston disliked the direction and uh, was not happy with him. Hmm. So he wasn't badass enough in it. That's why. 
He was too weak. I think he. W- I think he wanted it to be a little more, um, probably even ethereal and epic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my hunch. But, probably. Um, okay. Well, that's... we know Chuck likes a good god movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Loves and loves dying at the end of his movies. Yes, he rarely makes <laughs> it out. So what? Yeah. Uh, what's uh, your rating for this, Brian? Uh, what, out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what we should be doing, right? Or at least, how do you? How, what is your last final thoughts on? So the, my the final film? thoughts on the movie. Uh, let me pull it up. Um, I will actually tell you my letterboxed uh, ranking for it once I could find it. It's just a simple. Uh, loves his letterboxed. Just, just a simple, yeah. it was good or bad would have sufficed. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a very good, well-done movie. Uh, I gave it three stars out of five. Three out of five. Okay. Three out of five. Okay. Three out of five, okay. yes. I felt like it falls a little short of delivering something truly, truly memorable and special, even though the end is good. I felt like you need a little more backstory for uh, Gordon. Okay. I think it's a, a very fun watch. It's a good mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a fun watch. And yeah, you're right. It's not the it's not it's not anything to, you know, worship mm-hmm. as like this spectacular. It's thing. worth watching, but though. it's worth watching. Yeah. If and I like that it's kind of a story that we don't hear often. You know, how many fucking World War II movies have you seen? You've never seen this one. I promise you, you've never seen this one. This is an obscure piece of history brought to life in a cool way, something you're not familiar Mm -hmm. with. Oh, but you know what? There's a... I I mentioned I was going to bring this up. The Four Feathers. Yes. We need to watch that at some point. Okay. That is like the sequel to this. Oh. It's the reconquest of Sudan. Okay, we got to do it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right, so what are your final thoughts on the movie? Uh, I liked it a lot. I, I was not expecting me to like it that much as I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I wouldn't say this is a fun watch. I really? Say, no, 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 no. This is this is a even gritty, with all the BNSs. I love the BNSs. We could have fun talking about it, but it's not. I wouldn't sit down and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna enjoy a good cartoon." I, I'm gonna watch that and be like, "Oh, this is a depressing story." Like it's really depressing, and it's great. I I loved it. So I would probably give a three and a half out so of five. So I think it's depressing depending on how you view faith and interpret it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're looking at this from like the cosmic like Christian Jesus ending, it's, it's like not a depressing it's movie. not depressing. It's like right. watching well, Jesus still, die on the crucifix. Depending still, on how you right. choose to view it, well, you watching know. Jesus die on a crucifix is still depressing. But at the same, <laughs> yes, but the, at the, same the idea time, behind it is not depressing. The visual and actions and all sure. these everything happening is a, is a depressing story. In the bigger picture, wrong. though, it depends how you want to view something right. like that, you know? In the bigger picture, yeah. Gordon, like, actually achieved what he wants to achieve. Yes. He was he sacrificed himself for it. It wasn't in vain. Mm-hmm. But the guy had to sacrifice himself. The guy begged for help, basically, from his leaders and was denied it. I just um And he was right. I just it's noticed depressing. something. Yeah. So I'm sitting next to Brian right now, mm-hmm. yes. and he's got a notebook with all those little notes. Mm-hmm. He does a doodle at the top of every page <laughs> to represent each movie. Yes, you didn't notice that? I didn't Fantastic. notice. I noticed it before, like you drew the Coliseum, and I thought it was funny because we were talking about Gladiator. Yeah. He did a little Coliseum doodle, and I don't know what he drew for, he, he, uh, he drew for Cartoon. Can oh, I see it? Yeah, I'll show you. I drew um cartoon. Drew what the is city cartoon? Of cartoon. Can I, see? I drew like it's a, a city? little. I drew like I a little that. like brick fort. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like boxes. They're just little not, bo- little I'm squares. Not, I'm not a good artist at all. <laughs> um, so maybe anyway. that could be a feature. If he's sitting next to me, he could tell everyone. Just wait for the next movie. He's, yeah. he's drawn something else for the next movie. We're gonna talk yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So that's it for this episode. Yeah. You want to say goodbye? Goodbye, John. 
Hello, John. S- signing off. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, Peace out. Again, thank you again, thank Tell you Him Steve listening. Dave. Yes. Big thanks to Tell Him Steve Dave for letting us record at the uh, general store. Thank you to Get Him Steve Dave for hooking us up. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Brian Rupert. That's with two Ps. Also follow me on Letterboxd. Uh, in the show notes, we will include the uh, link to see the ranking of how I ranked every movie we have watched so far. And thank you for uh, joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.